0: to another hope message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Thank you. It's great joy to be back with you again. And uh, it's a delight to know that you can shut down a building, but you cannot shut down the church. And uh, it's a great thrill and a great joy to know that there are so many watching this right now that can be empowered by the Holy Spirit just as real as if they were gathered here. Not that I don't think that gathering is the uh, better option, but when that option is taken from us, then the Holy Spirit is able to meet with us regardless of our geography. And uh, so that's an exciting thing. And I want to thank... Uh, very much uh, Pastor Craig and Nadia and um, Paul and Marie for their uh, kindness and asking us back and sharing. It's a great joy to me personally because I love seeing the church alive. I love seeing the, the church of conquest. And there are all sorts of churches around the world, but when I look at life, I see a church that is a church of conquest. And what I'm gonna share with you today is far more of a declaration than it is a sermon. And I believe it's something God is saying to the body of Christ uh, all over the world right now, but I I felt such a burden these last few weeks about this. I wanna say to you that every church that is a Church of Conquest, and you are, will always have moments, they'll have seasons, they'll have times when they are, are brought to possess something that is impossible. If we live within the realm of what is possible, we actually don't need the miracle. But when God calls us to do that, which we cannot humanly do, then at that moment, there is the introduction of what I call the miracle margin. And I believe God is calling you as a church right now to embrace your miracle margin and not to uh, make that more reasonable, not to make it more humanly obtainable because we have to be men and women that are able to go beyond what is humanly obtainable into that That which is only obtainable by the power of God. And so I've got a word for you this morning. It's a very, very simple word, but I believe that it's going to be one that you will need again and again and again over these next few years. Uh, You'll need it as an individual, you'll need it as a family. You'll need it as a Christian business. You'll need it in your vocation. And you'll need it in the church. And here's the word: do not be Intimidated. Do not be intimidated. Now, I need to make a very clear statement right now so none of you are assuming the wrong thing. I am not talking about a human being. I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about um, political things. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking about the spiritual warfare that we are engaged in. the Word rather tells us very clearly in Ephesians chapter six and verse 12 that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And I'm telling Christians all over the place right now, get your eyes off the flesh and blood. Get your eyes off the apparent and start looking at what's happening in the real spirit world behind this. There's a spirit behind all of this. And so we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, Ephesians 6, 12, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Did you notice that? In the heavenly places, in the spirit realm, we are wrestling in a spiritual warfare, a spiritual battle. But that's actually very good news because in the spirit realm, we are assured the victory. And so Satan cannot possibly, and here's the good news, Satan cannot rule the minds of those that he does not first intimidate. If He can't intimidate you, He can't control you. If He can't intimidate you, He cannot manipulate you. And so the first step is to get you to doubt. The first step is to get you to falter. The first step is to get you intimidated. But I'm here this morning, I believe, by the Spirit of the Lord, to lead you in a very loud declaration, which I know in your home, in your uh, wherever you're watching this right now, you can join me in saying this. We will not, in fact, you should shout it. We will not be intimidated. We will not surrender our spirit. We will not surrender our mind. We will not surrender our decisions. We will not surrender. our future anticipations of what God can and will do. So we're gonna speak it together into the cosmos, into the heavens this morning. We speak it into the unseen realm. We will not be intimidated. We are not an intimidated people. We are an empowered people. Why? Because Jesus has made us a promise. And Jesus is the ultimate supreme authority in the spirit world. There is no disputing of His authority. John chapter 14 and verse 27, I love this. Jesus says, peace. That's something absent from most of our world right now. But peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I love what the Greek says there. It says, for the word peace, it is the word for security, for safety, for prosperity. So Jesus is saying, I'm leaving you my sense of security, my absolute safety, and you can prosper even in the midst of decline around you, why? Because I'm imparting something into your spirit, my peace I give to you. And then He goes on and He says this, not as the world gives, not, did you get it? Not as the world gives, we're of a different spirit. Not as the world gives do I give unto you, let not your heart be troubled. The word there, to be negatively stirred or agitated. Too many Christians right now are getting all upset in their spirit and get all anxious and stirred up in their spirit when really they should understand the peace of God that it goes beyond their understanding. The peace of God doesn't have to be reasonable. The peace of God doesn't have to be uh, relying on circumstances. It's the power of the Holy Spirit within you as He quickens the Word of God to you. Neither let it be afraid, the word there, to become timid. Do not let your heart be stirred negatively and do not let it be intimidated. You know, I was reading that and rereading it and loving it and just dwelling in that Scripture. And I couldn't get past the word peace. So I just looked it up in the Ordinary Standard English Aussie Dictionary. And here's what, literally what it said about the word peace. Freedom of the mind, freedom of the mind from annoyance, from distraction, from anxiety, from intimidation or obsession. To be in a state of tranquility, serenity of mind. I love that. No matter what's happening in our world around us, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have freedom of mind. My friends, there's a spirit let loose in our world right now that seeks to imprison the minds of God's people. It seeks to rob them of their peace, rob them of our faith, of our initiative, of our boldness, of our conquest spirit. But you see, you have to understand what is behind all of that. And I I hope this really inspires you this morning. Satan actually fears you. Now, there is a term. Not only are you not supposed to be afraid of Him, but you have to understand how much He is terrified by you. Any Christian that wakes up to the reality of who they really, really are, they are a son, a daughter of their father. They're clothed in a royal, indisputable authority. And in the spirit realm, the demons of hell are scared spitless that one day you're gonna actually wake up to who you really are. Your your authority is established in the heavens. But you know, around our world, there's been let loose a spirit of intimidation because he knows he first has to intimidate in order to impose a spirit of manipulation and control. Satan fears the church, but but he fears you in particular. And I've realised why there's a stir up. My friends, listen to me. The church is not sitting back hoping to survive. The church is in a time of enlargement. It's in a time of expansion. And my friends, there's more souls getting saved right now than ever before in history. You cannot shut down the church. Nothing can shut down the church. And I, I just got so stirred by, um because I I saw the bursting out. I saw the increase. I saw the enlargement. I saw the expansion. And and when I heard that that word was particularly relevant here uh, uh, in your local church and your pastor was saying about expansion, uh, my heart was just leaping within me because not just because it's a wonderful Word, but because it's on the agenda of God. It's a Word from the heavens. And and, and, I... I didn't bring it, but I'm telling you now, I wish I had, because the word expansion for you as a church and a people and as families, as an individual, is a word from the heavens for you right now. Yes. It's from the Spirit of the Lord. Right. Now, Jesus made a very powerful declaration. John 8:36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And spiritual freedom is part of our inheritance as a believer. Yeah. 2 Timothy 1:7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Literally, again, the word to become timid. So He's not given us the spirit of intimidation, but of power, dunamis, a miraculous force of empowerment. He's given us a spirit of empowerment and of love and a sound, disciplined. Mind The spirit of darkness would come and it would declare restriction, uh, uh, intimidation, uh, confinement, but Jesus declares freedom. And I'm telling you now to your spirit right now, to your heart right now, to your emotions right now, to your thinking right now, the Spirit of God says freedom to you. You do not have to be bowed down. You do not have to be restrained. You do not have to be restricted. I'm not talking about freedom physical movement. We obey the government. I'm talking about your spirit. I'm talking about your mind. I'm talking about your faith. I'm talking about your expectations of the future. You do not have to be locked in as far as your aspirations for what God can do tomorrow. God is the director of your future. But tragically, and I, I wish this was not so, but it's true. That as I talk to many Christians today, they are very subtly being affected in two different areas. One, the decisions that they are making currently. And two, the vision of tomorrow, their their anticipation of tomorrow, what they're expecting of tomorrow. Now, Satan's goal is very clear. He wants to shut down your initiatives. He, He wants to shut down your spirit of expansion, your spirit of uh, conquest, the taking of new territory. Oh, he doesn't mind those who want to just maintain the old, but oh, how he fears those that will take new territory. And the Spirit of God is declaring to this church and to every person watching this right now, this is not a time to be intimidated. This is not a time to sit back. This is not a time to maintain. This is a time to be dreaming faith dreams and times of enlargement for the future. I wanna give you some four words now, just quickly. Four little words which uh, (laughs) can indicate to us that the spirit of intimidation might be trying to mess with our minds. Here's the four words. The first one is, however. However. Uh, Friends, (laughs) I could do the will of God. I know what it is. However, it qualifies what God told you to do. The second word is, but. Yeah, uh, uh, I understand what God is saying, but my bank balance won't back me up. My, my circumstances will deny me. My situation is different. But, you know, they say that you can tell the difference between the sheep and the goats because the sheep say, amen, and the goats say, but. Okay, now the other word is, for if. The third word, if. If my circumstances were different, if I wasn't part of a certain family, if my background was different, if my education was greater, if, if, if. And the final one is maybe. The introduction of a question. It hasn't changed since the Garden of Eden. Do you really think God has said, well, maybe, maybe. You see, each of these four words do one thing. They qualify what God simply told you to do Now, when God has told you as a church to go and possess this new property, that's not an if, it's not a maybe, it's not a but. It is no qualification to it. When God says, do it, you don't have to understand how He's gonna do it. You simply have to give your heart to see it accomplished. So the Lord give two words this morning. One, do not be intimidated. But the second word, realise that any shaking that God does allow and He will allow, if correctly responded to, will always result in a greater spiritual authority for the believer, for the church, than has ever previously been experienced. And the key word for you right now is Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, my friends, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably and with reverence and with godly fear or literally godly awe and wonder. And so here the Word of the Lord comes and says, we have a kingdom which cannot be shaken. You can't shake it. But you can't understand this verse unless you first understand the word kingdom. Now, I haven't got an hour and a half to go into it all, but I'm telling you right now, the word kingdom here is important because it's the word basileo in the Greek and literally translated, it means the authority to rule over. And so when He says, you've got a a kingdom, you sitting in your lounge right now have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. He's talking about an authority to rule over. And too many Christians are, are unaware of the incredible spiritual authority that Jesus has invested into each one of us who have chosen to submit to His own authority. My friends, the kingdom of God, the authority of God operates now and will always operate on a very simple principle. The authority you're under determines the authority you carry. Did you get that? The authority you're under determines the authority you carry. My friends, every demon in hell knows that. To the degree that I'm under the authority of the Christ, I carry the authority of the Christ. Circumstances do not determine your spiritual authority. The opinions of others cannot determine your spiritual authority. My friends, uh, there is the prevailing opposition that we have around us right now against everything that is decent and biblically true, that, that cannot shape your spiritual authority. Because why? Because the Kingdom of God cannot be shaken by anything that is human. Regularity of Christian meetings can be shaken. That where we do church, how we do church, things can be shaken, but the Kingdom of God cannot be be shaken. and It cannot be shaken. And what we have to understand afresh is, my friends, that we carry the kingdom of God. The authority of the risen Christ is within us. It emanates from the throne of God Himself. and By the power of the Holy Spirit lives within us, we carry the authority of God because we walk under the authority of God. My, and friends, I'm suddenly realising that I, the time and I, I want to honour it this morning. If you only knew how stirred I am about this subject because this is not an hour for the church to be sitting back. It's not an hour for the church to be holding on. This is a time of fresh beginnings, of taking virgin territory, of launching out beyond the boundaries that were limited us yesterday. This is an hour oh, to have our faith enlarged not confined. Pray. now I 'm going to give you something which I feel that is very, very important, and I didn't realize, but last year I spoke about seeing through God's eyes, and that came back to me. I 'm not about to repeat that sermon, but I do I, a message, but I do pray that you 'll get a hold of it from last year if you weren't able to hear it. But something about that really triggered me for today, for this message, and that is this. What fills your sight fills your heart. And what fills your heart determines your future. I'll say it again. What fills your sight fills your heart. And what fills your heart determines your future. And so the question that I have for you this morning, and in fact, I had it last year too, but what do you see? What do you see? Are you looking through the eyes of humanity or are you looking through the eyes that are anointed by the Holy Spirit, has come out of a time of praise and worship and declaration uh, and been feeding on the Word of God? I tell you what, those eyes, those eyes can never be intimidated. But whatever you see with your natural eye, all the junk on TV and and all the negative news, i tell you what, that can intimidate you. But when you come out of a time in the the Word of God and loving your Father's heart and worship and adoration, i tell you what, there's an indestructibility about the faith that you have when you come out of the throne room of God. And when you look through eyes then, you see the whole world differently. You do not see the lockdown. You see the opportunities that surround you. My friends, we need eyes that have been baptized by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And you say, well, David, be real. We live actually right now in a time of restriction and contradiction. But my friends, think about that for a moment. Restriction and contradiction have, have never been able to withhold a God that can part a Red Sea, that can, that can open blind eyes, who can bring Lazarus out of a tomb. Restriction is just an opportunity to Him. Contradiction is an opportunity to Him. It was in the, it was in the darkness of the garden and Gethsemane and the cross that He conquered all of death and hell and set mankind free and redeemed all of mankind. Why? Because of what He saw. Because of what He saw. You see, the the cross was a reality. He was acutely aware of it. But what He filled His sight with was the redemption of mankind. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 tells us that very clearly. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking, Unto Jesus, In other words, get your example from Jesus. Don't get your example from all the people around you. Get your example from Jesus, yeah. the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy, He was on a cross, but for the joy that was set before Him, or literally I looked it up, the joyous anticipation of that which He set before His eyes. He triumphed, He triumphed. The cross was a triumph. Why? Because of what He chose to focus on. He didn't focus on the nails and the scars and the blood. What He focused on was the fact that He was about to redeem all of mankind and set a world free from the clutches of hell. And He looked at with joyous anticipation. A lot of people misunderstand the cross. The cross was a victory. Get your theology right. Jesus, the cross did not take the Spirit of Jesus. Jesus offered it up when He was good and ready. He looked around Himself from that cross and He said, I have done it, I, it is finished. I have accomplished the work Father gave me to do. I have destroyed the clutches of hell. I've ripped asunder their authority. I have set mankind free. Okay, it's finished, I've done it, I'm out of here. There was not one moment that He surrendered His spiritual authority. And there should never be a moment when you surrender your spiritual authority. So well, I could, I've got to work towards the eventual possibility of a possible close. All right. right. Amazing. We've got to understand these things. Friends, if we are walking through life, hear me now. If we are walking through life, under the command of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, listening to the whispers of God, then we have a faith that cannot be restricted and confined. But I really need to qualify this because otherwise you might misunderstand me. The Father is only obligated to empower and to supernaturally provide for that which has first come from His own heart. You see, when God breathes into you that commission, when He breathes into you that command, when He breathes into you that instruction, then in that very same moment, He creates all that you need to get the job done. You see, the authority to execute the purpose of God comes because you are walking in the purpose of God. You see, you, you, faith alone is not See, I'm not saying here this morning that that if you have enough faith, you can do anything. I'm saying if you have enough faith and understand your spiritual authority, you can execute everything that Father asks you to do. When He asks you to do it, there is an empowerment for that task. So the, the, the authority we're under determines the authority that we carry. Oh, I tell you friends, not only was Jesus not intimidated, but the Bible is full of people that were never intimidated. Moses, think about Moses just for a second. Moses was confronted by the impassable Red Sea in front, the Egyptian army behind him, but he was not intimidated. Why was he not intimidated? Because he turned his gaze Godward. He turned His gaze Godward. He took His eyes off the Egyptian army. He took His eyes off the water and He turned His eyes Godward and just simply said, Father, what would You have me do? And consequently, He continued to walk in the authority of His God, an authority that could not be destroyed. And miracles exploded. Authority that could not be shaken. I was thinking about Joshua. You know, you're facing a huge new building thing. It's nothing in the eyes of God. Joshua was facing a Jericho, an impregnable fortress, an impossible task. But you know what? He kept his eyes on the greatness of his God and the greatness of his commission. And he refused to be intimidated by the size of those walls. And those walls came down. I was thinking of Deborah. You know, in a time in Israel when God's people were being shaken and much evil was around and the armies of hell wanted to destroy them, a a, a woman by the name of Deborah rose up and became prophet in Israel and then judge in Israel. And then she rallied the armies of God and instructed them to go to battle. And even though she was surrounded by every kind of evil, she refused to be intimidated. She refused to surrender her faith in her God. and you read the story sometime. She was able to deliver an entire nation. She destroyed the forces of hell. Why? Because she refused to be intimidated. I think of Paul in the darkness of a storm and a shipwreck and the things that they did to Paul. But I tell you what, they couldn't intimidate his spirit. In the middle of a shipwreck, he brings redemption to all of Malta, Miletus in that day. But why? Because of what filled his sights, friend. Because of what he focused on. He didn't focus on the winds and the rock. He focused on the fact that he was a man under assignment, that God Almighty was directing his ways. My ways are directed by the Lord. My God has got this. And he went on shore uh, on that island. And even though a snake came out and bit him, uh, should have killed him instantly. He just threw it off with contempt. Why? Because he knew that under the command of God, under the instruction of God, under the authority of His God, this man was indestructible. Why? I've said this many times and they say that I'm a lunatic. They may be, they say I'm exaggerating, but I'm telling you now, I'm not going anywhere until my Father says so. I I have a a conviction. The doctors wrote me off 20 years ago. They've had a repeated attempts to try and write me off the planet ever since. But I've got a conviction in my spirit that I'm under the command of my Father. I'm empowered by the Holy Ghost and I refuse to be intimidated by that physical reality. It may be a reality, but it does not have to determine my decisions nor my anticipation for my future. I'm planning for the next 30 years and I'm already 106. Not quite, but I'm getting there. Okay. I I better work towards that close, I promise somebody. Okay. But but you say, well, it's wonderful to have Bible characters. Well, take another one. What about John Wesley? Have you ever thought about John Wesley? A guy, he was an evangelist guy in the 1700s. But he, uh, he rode on horseback through English winters with wind and sleet and ice and snow. He got abandoned and opposed by the church, by society, by even his own family members. He was left on his own to battle through unbelievable odds. And yet, you know what? He refused to be intimidated by all of it. He refused because the greatness of His God and the greatness of His commission filled His sight and He brought revival to all of England and the world. I'll give you 2 Timothy 1, 7 again. God has not given to us the spirit of fear or timidity. He's given us the spirit of power and love and a sound, disciplined mind. Will the storms come? Yes. Will the testing come? Yes, not only on the project that now lies before you as a local church life, But in every individual, every family, every Christian business, will there be times of challenge? Will there be times of testing? Of course there will. But I'm telling you of a truth that every time one of those testings come and you respond correctly to it under the power of God and with faith and with a declaration of the Word, I'm telling you now, you will emerge out of that testing with a greater spiritual authority than you ever had before that test took place. That is not there to destroy you. It's there to empower you to live at a different level. My friends, we are not limited by human frailty and vulnerability. We walk under the divine command of the King of Kings and the Lord of Glory. And I want you to do something just in these moments right now. I want you to begin to sit and think under the the grace of the Holy Spirit right now, bringing things to your mind, I I want you to think about anything that may have undermined your faith. I want you to think of anything that has shaken your convictions or intimidated the decisions you've made recently or or qualified your future expectations, what is really possible for you, for your life, for your ministry, for your vocation. And I want you to take that in the light of this message in a moment, I'm going to lead you in a declaration, but it's got to come from the heart. Because, my friends, there's a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit available to you right where you are right now. In the room where you are right now, I know that the Holy Spirit can visit you. He can bring a moment of truth, a moment of revelation, that aha moment of the mind where there comes a realignment of thinking so that our anticipations of the future align themselves with God's prophetic intention for our lives. My friends, I'll say it again like a parrot, but this is not a time to be locking it down. This is not a time for you to be thinking, oh, I better just hang on and I better not make decisions. I better not have too great a view of the future because I don't know what's gonna happen. My friends, you should be dreaming impossible dreams. You should be getting before God and letting Him birth within your spirit, the greatness who He really is. My friends, some of you in business, I know. uh, This is not a time to be saying how to hold on. This is a time, my God, give me the creative ideas of heaven. I tell you, one man, one woman with a creative idea from heaven can break every barrier. Uh, It can only come by the Holy Spirit, friends. Right now in your room, invite the Holy Spirit to bring a realignment of thinking so that new faith can explode from within you. And every day that you wake up, this coming week, this coming month, I want you to make a certain declaration and I'm gonna put it up on the screen for you now. I believe it's coming up. Um, Here we are. And I want you to stand and I want you to shout this out if you're able to physically stand where you are. And I want you to shout it out with everything that's within you. Here we go. I walk under the divine command of Jesus, King of Kings. and His authority, which now becomes my authority, cannot be shaken. I embrace decisions of faith. I embrace future expectations of the miraculous. My eye will not be intimidated and you need to shout that out and then begin to give your Father a great deal of worship in that room where you are. Forget about ambitions. Begin to declare the greatness of your God. We will embrace future decisions of faith and we will not be intimidated. My friends, God bless you. It's been a great joy to be with you today. And if... If when you get finished your service together uh, and you're doing other things, I would just recommend to you that you pay a moment to go to our website and take a look at some of the resources that we have that can really empower you to walk that miraculous life. I've got a book there called You Did What? And it's all astounding miracle stories of how God can do the impossible. Fill your heart, feed yourself on that which will feed your faith. Cut off all the junk stuff, all the negative stuff and feed your heart with that which will build your faith and your expectations for tomorrow. God bless you.